Have you ever wondered if you could make a difference? This podcast brings you inspirational people who are making a tremendous difference. We will also be talking to experts in the field of creating the mindset you need so that nothing holds you back from making your vision a reality right now. Welcome to the Game Changers Podcast. And now, here's your host, Michelle Dutro. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Game Changer Podcast. I hope that you have turned into the other two prior love series conversations that we have had as we wrap this thing up with Miranda McPherson, a lovely individual that I cannot wait to share with you. As we are wrapping this three-part series up, from the moment I met her, not knowing I was going to do this series, in the back of my head, I thought if I ever do a show on love, on grace... There is nobody better that I could ever speak with than her. So when Valentine's Day, you know, I saw that on the calendar and thought, boy, you know, coming up to Valentine's Day, I'd love to do a love series. Truly, there's no way in the world I could do a love series and not involve her. Our schedules have been, uh, well, hers, she's incredibly busy. She just got back from teaching at Kripalu. We're going to hear more about that in a minute. But uh, my schedule was a little bit zany. I move on Saturday. I've had a lot of other things going on, and she was so incredibly amazing to be able to be flexible at the last minute with schedule changes. Like I said, you are going to see the grace of her come through on this conversation, I I think like no other. So a little bit of background, and this uh, comes from her website that we're going to hear about a little bit more. Uh, What it says about her is, within a tangible atmosphere of unconditional love, she teaches and transmits a synthesis of self-inquiry, devotion, meditation, and psychological wisdom that embraces every aspect of our humanity. Miranda is dedicated to loving people all the way back into freedom and wholeness of our true nature. Miranda founded the One Spirit Interfaith Foundation in London, where she trained and ordained over 600 ministers. She is the author of Boundless Love, The Heart of Being, Mantra CD, and countless articles. She currently leads the Awakening Love and Wisdom uh, in Marin and Sonoma counties and teaches internationally. She lives here in this area, and we met several weeks ago at a dinner party. And like I said, there's no way you can't help but falling in love with her, which I know that you will do. So with that, Miranda, what is it that I maybe have left out that the listeners would want to know about you? Well, then I'm just a human being just like them. <laughs> <laughs> and you see the level of grace? That's exactly how she shows up. It's so lovely. So, yes, being one of us and truly walking this earth um, as we all are doing the best that we can and, and sh- shedding and sharing light on others that, you know, truly do need it and in any way that we can impart wisdom and grace wherever we go. I'm very curious. You have an, a very interesting past. Obviously, I said that you spent some time in London. I don't believe that that is where you are from. So what I would love to know is if you would share with our listeners where your journey has taken you and to what you're doing now, was there always a very clear path to that? Or did life kind of take you through twists and turns of some unexpected things that have come along that have actually uh, gotten you to where you are now? Or like I said, did you always just know? Well, it's a bit of both, to be honest. I, When I was very young, I always had a sense that, you know, I, I just kept having visions of being on a stage and sharing with people, but it wasn't just what I was saying. It was something that was coming out of me, and I thought, 
am I supposed to be a musician? Am I supposed to be, and I don't know. I mean, now it makes complete sense because really, you know, what I'm offering to people is an invitation to really grapple with the deeper questions of life and, you know, and transmitting the consciousness of real love. So to me, love isn't just, you know, the softness, the sweetness. It's really the consciousness of who we all really are. It's an unconditional awareness. And something in me always knew that, even though, like everyone I know, I've had to really grapple to, you know, work through difficulties and hurts from the past and knots and pains and suffering and grapple with the hard stuff as well as, you know, the subtle yearnings too. And so, you know, I grew up in Australia where in the culture that I was in at the time and my family culture, it wasn't wasn't really the done thing to be pondering deep philosophy and metaphysics and spirituality. But I always was. And um, so although I grew up in Western Australia, I left to, to go to England when I was 20 years old. And, um, you know, my training is a lot of twists and turns. I originally trained as a television presenter. So I had a background in training and communication, but I wasn't really interested in reading the news or just being a radio announcer because none of that felt very meaningful to me. So I just have always loved having rich and real conversations with people about what really matters, about who we are, how we really live, you know, how, how the consciousness of real love can become a lived and beautiful way of being in every aspect of our life, you know, from the great big things, you know, to how we are in our intimate relationships to, you know, just how we interact with the clock when we're buying a loaf of bread each moment. And, um, yeah, so I, I could say a lot more. I don't know whether that's answering your question, though. It is, it is. So tell me right now with everything that you're doing, what are some of the ways that people could, you know, learn more about what you're doing or how are you bringing these teachings, if you will, uh, to people? And I know that it's not just here in the U.S., it's uh, internationally. So, so how is it that you're reaching people through what methodologies and, and ways? I, I, I know that some are in person. I know that some are via the Internet, which is really fascinating, right, that we have ways to reach people all around the world all the time. So what are those ways uh, that you're working now with people? Well, I've always taught groups and, and there's something magical that happens when human beings come together with a shared inquiry, with shared interest, and that, that creates a group field that um, allows us to go deeper and further. And so I have two ongoing groups here in the Bay Area. One of them is in Marin County. It's called the Awakening Love and Wisdom Sangha. Um, and the other one is in Sebastopol. And so we meet regularly. I also run retreats or immersions in different parts of the world. I've just come back from running a five-day immersion called Unshakable Presence, coming home to who you truly are. And that was in the East Coast in Massachusetts at an amazing yoga center called Kripalu. I'll be running that same retreat again at Esalen Big Sur as a five-day. And I'll be teaching in New York City in April I'll be teaching in Holland and Ireland and London in April, May. So I, I sort of do things in person with people. And these immersions 
where we're together for anywhere between sort of three and five days are really a chance to, you know, just really let go of your ordinary life and way of being and just dive deep into yourself in a supportive field with others where we can grapple with the important themes of our life and where you will grapple with that in a presence of unconditional love and acceptance for just wherever you are on the journey. And I believe that everyone needs that, you know. And at the same time, we all need ongoing support. And so I run various programs, uh, online programs to the Shift Network. I just started a new one yesterday, but there's plenty more space for anyone that's excited and wants to join. Um, it'll be open for the next two weeks. It's called Living from God Consciousness. And it's really about, you know, when I say God consciousness, I mean the consciousness of real love. And so it's a very deep dive into, you know, what it is to be a human being. How do, how do we be in this world, as most people I work with are, you know, raising children, working, you know, birthing creative projects, being in service in some way, but with a consciousness that isn't caught up with what, is so often pervasive here in this world, you know, fear and envy and control and stress and jealousy and insecurity, because the more we really have some contact with who we are underneath all of that, the more we recognize there's really nothing to fear. And the more real we become, the more authentic we become, the freer and truer we become. And that that allows so much more beauty and truth to flow through everything, through everything that we do and through all of our relationships. And I'm, I'm a big believer that relationships really are the yoga of our time and that, you know, really we can't get through the day very well without relating to someone. And so I see that relationships and the way we relate and show up each moment with one another is really one of our most important spiritual practices. And so I draw a lot from ancient, you know, mystical traditions that I've studied for many years all my life, as well as, you know, contemporary understanding, you know, in psychology and, um, and more spiritual technology that's come through of late that really helps us to break free from some of the shackles of fear and control and insecurity and, you know, really live what we are. So in addition to that, you know, one day I was in London, it was just before I left the United Kingdom to come to America. And I lived, you know, on the west side of London. And of course you get around by the tube and I was on the tube that day and it was rush hour and there wasn't anyone on that tube who wasn't listening to their iPod. And I just had this wonderful thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if people were listening to something that really helped them to connect with who they truly are, instead of just listening to something, you know, with some egoic lyrics about some, you know, someone who's caught up in their ego and pissed off with someone else or heartbroken, as a lot of music and songs happen to be about that. But what would it be like if everyone on this tube was listening to something, either a meditation practice or some inspirational kind of podcast or something that really fed them in their core? And so that's what I created with my website. I have a live sanctuary in my website and there's different categories. People can go in and download 
a meditation or they can download an audio teaching or they can download a video instruction. And everything that I offer is about helping people to return and connect to the love and the wisdom of their true nature. And I highly encourage you to jump on this website. The offerings that you have truly are astounding and amazing. So normally I ask this at the end, but let's just jump into it right now. So what is that website and how is it that people can find out about these downloads and more about you and your classes and, and your schedule, in fact, and what you have coming up? Everything I have going on is up there on the website. So the website is my name, Miranda McPherson, and McPherson is M-A-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N.com. And so there's a lot in there. There's so many articles people can download and read. There's, you know, but the, the live sanctuary is, is really the exciting part. I think that everyone listening will be interested in because there's something there for everyone. And particularly because we live in such fast paced times. Most people I know don't have the discipline to, you know, spend hours meditating a day. Most people I know just, you know, raising kids and trying to juggle all the difficulties of their lives and work. And so I've got a lot of meditations in there that are like 10 minutes, 15 minutes doable, which we can, you know, use. And so I just suggest, you know, go in there, feed yourself, see what draws you and use it. And so the Shift Network course is all up there too. You know, people will see that, the online programs and all the retreats coming up. It's all there. Well, and the nice thing is this airs in plenty of time to be able to jump on to that course, which is fantastic. So I highly encourage you to do so. And with that, you know, I want to backtrack into what you were speaking about as it relates to retreats and and how different it is energetically to be around a group of people that are all in the same space, working and learning and growing toward the same thing. And I know that one of the challenges that often people come out with is that while I'm here, it's just indescribable, the feeling and the love. And like I said, the grace that is held in these moments. And then people get on a plane and they go back home and they walk into door to maybe a bit of a chaotic life. And the struggle they have is how do I maintain that same sense of grounding and peace and my true nature and love that I tapped into while I was there, how do I, in my everyday, find a way to carry that? And so what I'm curious is, what are your personal, maybe daily rituals or daily practices that no matter where you are, what you're doing or how crazy things are, what are a few of the things that absolutely matter to you for you to maintain that presence and grounding in what you know that matters so very much? Well, I'm kind of what I call a top and tail kind of girl. I've often said to my sister in Australia, who is is a great woman, and I've often said, you know, if I personally, you know, get some meditation every day, which, you know, for me, I come from a background where I've had a lot of classical meditation training, but bottom line is I just relish silence I relish contact with myself and just to find that time and prioritize it even if it's only 20 minutes you know if I have a full hour that's even better but often I don't but you know I get up in the day and and I have my rituals of making tea and so forth and I found that you know singing I sing a lot of mantras 
you know, seeing them in the shower, seeing them when I'm, you know, chopping vegetables, making dinner. I find that just keeps me sort of fluid and hydrated inside. It helps me connect to that felt sense of love that is my own heart naturally and is everyone's heart. And, you know, then to have that quiet time, even if it's brief. But I find these days I get as much benefit, as much nourishment from walking. You know, this morning, for example, I had a big, long day of clients and I just got up first thing in the morning and it was like, oh, yeah, just a 30-minute walk out in nature and I live in the redwoods and it's beautiful and, and just actually being present for the walking and feeling the earth under my feet and taking in, you know, the trees. You know, once upon a time in my early 20s, I used to run. I was a big runner and I loved the physicality of that. But I used to listen to kind of music and everything. And now it seems sort of funny that I would need to do that because what's nourishing about taking a walk, a hike, is actually being present to take in everything that I encounter as if it's a miracle. And it is a miracle when you actually pay attention. So I think so much of what nourishes me is the same thing that I tell my clients is, you know, find a way that supports you to be here now, to be present and to be grateful for what's so, rather than always complaining about what you don't have and trying to rush on to the next thing. The foundation for peace and happiness is being here and appreciating what is. And then practices help you harmonize with that. So you have managed to walk into a perfect little segue for us here. As you know, like I said, this is the third part of the love series. And you just said appreciating what is. So in my first two parts of this, they were really focused on what it is to find true love, you know, what it is to love ourselves so that we can even be in a place to be open and accepting of that into our life. With you and how I'd like to kind of wrap uh, this series up is for those people that are married or already in a relationship, and maybe there is a bit of a struggle with appreciating what already is. And with that, I mean, for those folks that maybe feel that things have become complacent, or they feel that they are being taken for granted, or that no matter how many ways they try to reach out to their partner and say, gosh, you know, I just, I don't feel like I'm heard or I don't feel validated or I don't feel that I matter. And as many times as I try to bring it up, maybe the person responds with, oh, no, no, I, you know, absolutely I'll do better and I understand or I've been busy or there's the laundry list of excuses and then yet tomorrow is the same as yesterday. So for those people, what would you say would be something to maybe hold in your heart or something to consider if we get in a place where things do feel as though they're being taken for granted. And whether it's the marriage or the relationship or, or, or it's just a significant other, and they really feel like they're struggling and they don't want to have to break up or go into divorce, but they also don't want this as a way of life either. What would you say that that person should maybe consider or think about that maybe they haven't? Well, I think what is in our power is to explore what we're bringing to the relationship. We can't change another human being. But often the dynamic changes dramatically when we make the shift out of complaining about what we don't have to looking at 
How are we gifting the relationship? Are we appreciating our partner? Are we willing to accept them for who they are, not who we think they should be or who we need them to be, but are we willing to appreciate their essence? And when we see something lovely about them, do we say it? Do we show it? Do we give that appreciation? See that giving that appreciation is usually such hydration to the relational field. You know, we all feel more loved when we're being appreciated for the little things. So if we're feeling taken for granted, then to look at where we might be taking the other for granted and redirect our attention. But I also think that, you know, that we also need to find balance in celebrating the beauty and the goodness of what we have. You know, I've worked with couples a lot and obviously all couples in long-term relationships go through their ups and downs. But sometimes the medicine we need is just to relax together and have some good times. And that sounds so basic and even superficial, but it's really not. And one of the principles that I've held very dear to my heart is to join your partner in their joy. What I mean by that is if your partner like really loves something, like really loves to go out and listen to rock and roll, and for you it's like, eh, take it or leave it, or they really love to, you know, go skiing and you've never learned how to ski. And it's a really, it's an act of love to be interested in joining your partner there. And just because it's very nourishing to our relationship to just have, have joy, to have laughter, to be able to share what lifts our soul. And so, you know, this is something that I really do live, you know, like my husband loves all kinds of wild music and I do my best to be open most of the time. I really enjoy it. Every now and again, I have to turn to him and say, darling, you know, this one's pushing it a little bit for me. Why don't you go and see this band with your guy friends? Or, But most of the time, you know, I have just realized that there are things I just didn't know about that are so much fun and that being able to share in that with the one I love has really exponentiated the beauty and the blessing and the joy that we experience together and that that is powerfully healing so much of the irritation and the taking for granted, you know, is a combination of both partners getting a little lazy and complacent, but sometimes it's just being worn down a bit by the stress of life, you know, by juggling too many things. And we live in times where we're all expecting too much of ourselves and one another. So I think, you know, just joy and pleasure is really important and making time for them, making it a priority. Tell me if you don't feel this way as well, Miranda, that the reality is that meditation, time in stillness, quiet time, time with no input, no television, no phones, just no input, that the more we make time for ourselves and value and love ourselves and who we are, that that really does expand exponentially. And I think that sometimes there's a bit of a reflection of, you know, I'm not being heard or validated or I don't matter is it's also kind of a reflection of how we're treating ourselves. Very much. But I think a lot of that hurt about feeling you don't matter is really hangovers, you know, conclusions that we arrived at when we were very little, when we weren't getting our needs met. And so a lot of the work that I do, especially on the deeper retreats, is looking at these core beliefs, these core 
habits that we don't realize, but we project onto our partner and expect them to kind of treat us differently. But it's a story that we're running without really owning that or looking at it truthfully for what it is. And why I said what I said about the importance of joy and and making sure that we're open to just connecting in the best way that we can with one another in a joyful way is it gives us more of a platform to then actually address constructively the difficult things, the places where we might need to have a come to Jesus, you know, and really tell our partner how we feel, but using I statements, not blaming them for all the things that we feel that are difficult, but letting them know what we're struggling with inside and then asking them, what are you struggling with? What are you grappling with that's hard for you that shows up between us? And so again, it's such a loving act to share truthfully what we're really dealing with inside and to ask questions about the other, not presume that the other is an object just to fulfill our needs and not presume that we know you know, I'm, I'm on my second marriage and my first marriage was really beautiful. We had a good marriage. It came to an end, but we had a good marriage and we're still friends. And I have a beautiful marriage with my husband now. And one of the things that I know for sure is that however much I think I know about this person who I share my life with, they are a living, breathing mystery. There's way more to them then I will ever really know because they're a living, breathing, evolving, dynamic human being as am I. And so no matter, you know, whether you've been together for three years or 20 years, if you bring that attitude to the relating, it can be fresh and beautiful, rich and deep. And if you don't presume you know what your partner's going to say all the time, if you're actually open to asking them some fresh questions with sincere interest, then, you know, usually that feels like love because we, we all feel loved when someone takes an interest, when someone wants to hear how it really is, and when someone really listens. So if we give that to our significant other, well, perhaps something turns around for the better. So you are walking right into my next question, and it's my final two. So the second to last question, the single best piece of advice that you would give if somebody is in relationship and they really just would like to make it deeper and richer and more meaningful, if they were to look at you and say, Miranda, with all of the experience that you've had, single best piece of advice that I could before, and I'm listening right now in my car and before I shut my car off and I walk in the door and I really want to make tonight different. What is the single best piece of advice that you could give me as I walk in the door tonight? All right. Here's the Australian in me getting very pragmatic and practical. Take three deep breaths, wiggle your toes so that you really feel the palms of your feet on the ground in this moment. And you really, with your breath and with sensing into the body and breath, really kind of invite yourself to actually be here, not in some story in your mind, to just be here in yourself. And then approach your partner from that place where you're actually here. You're not caught up, you're not multitasking, you're not texting, you're not thinking about what you're going to do next. You're just actually present. You look them in the eyes and say, hi. 
and really let yourself feel into why you chose them in the first place, what, what you love about them, and offer them that valuing from your heart as if they matter, as if they matter to you. And look them in the eye, you know, with that awareness. And then ask them, not just perfunctorily, how was your day, but how are you? What, what, what was the best thing that happened in your day? Just, and to really listen, not just with your ears, but with your heart, to whatever they say. And as you be there with them, value who they are, value who they are as an independent entity from you, and value the blessing of what they bring into your life. Even if that's different than what you thought was going to happen, just really honor them as a sacred mystery. I think if we can shift that attitude, there's a platform for real beauty and real love to emerge. So I know that all of my listeners are captivated by everything that you're saying, and I really do hope they take that and jump onto your website and learn more and download every bit of what they can, because it really is transformative. And I so appreciate this entire conversation, whether we were coming right up to Valentine's Day or not, everything about this is so important. And like I said, so transformative and meaningful, because at the end of the day, it really does all come down to relationships, whether that is our significant other, our neighbor, our coworker, it really is how we relate to people. And I've never heard anybody say on their deathbed, you know, if only I had spent more time at work, right? It's uh, if I had spent more time, quality time with the people that really matter to me. And I hope that this helps shift people a bit in, uh, in that direction. So with that final question for you, in your entire journey in life and everything that you know, what do you absolutely believe to be true? That whenever you meet anyone, it's a holy encounter. As you greet them, you greet yourself. As you see them, you see yourself. As you think of them and speak to them, you speak to yourself. Never forget this. In one another, we will find ourselves or lose ourselves. And the choice is ours. Well, thank you, Miranda McPherson, so very much for your time and your energy and your grace and truly your love. I appreciate you sharing all of this with my audience. It means a great deal to me. So thank you very much for being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.